The only way people are going to see the work that you do is when the work that you do is out to see. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I just said that re- being recorded because that was a <laughs> really great line. <laughs> That's tweetable right there. Yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Up In Your Business Podcast, building you to do business better. This show is about intention, transparency, and insights from business professionals sharing their personal business. Discover what they've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Empowering a new breed of self-aware leadership. Here's your host, Angus Nelson. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 048 of the Up In Your Business podcast, building you to do business better. I'm your host, Angus Nelson, and it is so great to have you here. Uh, If this is your very first time visiting, I just want you to know that this is your weekly dose of both business savvy and emotional intelligence. I help you master your mindset, dominate your fears, Unleash your amazing and live your most effective self. And at the end of every interview, every show, I pull out an element or of topic uh, that we've discussed and I kind of unpack it out of my own experience and perspective. So while the interview may be over, the discoveries will challenge you in some way to possibly think deeper or take action. So today, um, I hope you stick around for after the actual uh, discussion itself. So last week, we talked with Gary Vaynerchuk. It was a great talk, uh, a great interaction, and, and you responded well. Uh, in addition, I got a lot of notes uh, in response. Um, so thank you. I just have a lot of gratitude for you taking the time to write, but even more so knowing that you were impacted by it. And that's what I'm here to do. And I'm, I'm really happy. And I hope that today we can do that again. And I shared uh, at the end of that interview a little bit about um, coaching and that we would be talking about that today. So even more than just talking about coaching, I'm going to do something uh, a little bit different. And I'm actually going to invite you into a coaching call itself. But before we do, uh, some of the questions uh, that were posed uh, to me in the past, I just want to kind of bring those to light just to kind of, you know, stir the pot and get your get your juices going. The first question is, why? Why would anyone need a coach? Why do you need anybody else to step in? And I think there's a perception that it's kind of like you feel like the schoolboy again or schoolgirl and you're like, have some teacher come authoritarian like, um, and that's not at all what this is about. And I'd say that you know, the answer to that question as to why you need a coach is simply found in the fact that the highest performers in any skill always have a coach. Athletes, speakers, politicians, dancers, actors, corporate executives, like even bodybuilders have a coach that teaches them how to pose. Everyone who's excelled at anything, has always had a third party speak into their lives. And furthermore, I want to share a quote with you from uh, Tom Landry. If uh, you happen to be a, a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, he's a former coach there. And this is what he said. He said, a coach is someone 
who tells you what you don't want to hear and has you see what you don't want to see so that you can be who you've always known you can be. And I think that's pretty significant because a coach does play a role in pulling out of you your own capacities and your own abilities that you may or may not have even known existed. But they help you to capitalize on your strengths and open your eyes. In addition, they help you get beyond the things that you don't know. And they help you get beyond your fears and intimidations and change the story that you're telling yourself. So the second question here is, what makes a good fit for a coach? And I would state that not every coach is a great coach for you. And not every coach should be um, your coach. You need someone that, one, um, you feel connected with in some realm. You have a vibe or a, a chemistry or synergy. Number two, it's a kind of person that you feel safe around, uh, safe enough that you can allow them to kind of speak into your life and to ask the hard questions. And then number three, that person has to have experiences or knowledge in an area that they both know really well and intimately and have the ability or capacity to take you to those or through those same experiences and knowledge. And last question here before we get started, how do you find a coach? So first you need to decide what kind of coach or what area of your life you're trying to level up in, you know, is it a career element, a career change? Is it developing your leadership skills or maybe you want to rise up into higher management? Is it about relationships or some sort of personal development? First, you decide and start there. And then while you could refer or excuse me, follow, you know, the referrals of colleagues or, you know, your industry or community, and, and those can be really powerful. But again, what may work for one may not work for you. You could also go and explore some professional websites and do some research there as well. Um, however, you know, more than just simply finding the person, you want to know kind of what their reputation is and what's their win-loss record and, and maybe do they have some people that could kind of testify on their behalf. Those things can be really helpful. And once you've kind of ticked all the boxes, Obviously, the the final step, I, I think, is to get a trial call, you know, get on the phone for an hour or a webinar or, you know, something where you can have an exchange, even if you have to pay for it. Because the number one thing here is is that connection, that synergy, that chemistry. And if the chemistry is right, well, then, you know, you're ready to rock. But if the chemistry is wrong, none of the rest matters at all. So... Why am I sharing all of this with you? It's because today we're going to do some of that on this call. And I did this uh, in episode number 25 with Sean Matthews. And it's an actual coaching call. So similar to that, I do that with an artisan metalsmith from Minneapolis, Minnesota, who specializes in custom metal fabricating, blacksmithing, and jewelry. And he's a super creative guy. And he reached out to me after listening to an interview that I was on for another podcast. So we arranged to have a chat 
And in the interview, um, I share a metaphor that I just want to kind of leave you with here. And it, it pertains to this whole coaching element. And after the interview, I'll say some more about coaching. Uh, so stay tuned for that too. But here's the metaphor. I said that we're all in our own jars struggling to read our label. You know, all of us need someone else on the outside to help us know who we are, what we're here for, what is our purpose. And as you listen to his story, I believe you'll gain insights into your own story. So my conversation is with Hans Early Nelson. Let's jump into that conversation right now. So, Hans, talk to me. What's going on? Yeah, man. Well, I've I've been in been in business doing metalwork. Seems like my whole life, but really about the last ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a sculptor and turned boat builder, and I grew up making stuff with him, and used his old stick welder to to get get into making sculpture, putting putting found objects together. And uh, I started with that in mind as, uh, or as inspiration for my business. Um, and so since about 2007, I've been doing custom commission work and my own artwork and jewelry mm-hmm. uh, out here in Minneapolis. So I've slowly been growing, um, but for, for about the first six years, just me solo and eventually brought in uh, my girlfriend's brother as a first part-time. And then after three years part-time, uh, offered him a position full-time. Right. And so we create every day new things um and i constantly have new ideas based on my surroundings and it's hard to to always be able to develop those ideas when you have when you're running a business and you have to keep the cash flow going and um having discipline finding the discipline to like to do the work that needs to be done, but also play and feed the soul. That's uh, been a challenge more recently. Right. You're an artist. And that totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, at some point I was searching some podcasts and I was like looking for like creative inspiration podcast. And I found the creative habits podcast mm-hmm. and I've kind of been on and off listening to that for some really smooth inspiration and just that has kind of lit a fire since uh, probably the last few months checking those out. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously stumbled across your, your interview yeah. with Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you kind of like sometimes you feel frustrated and with life in general or different components of, what you're doing, whether it's work or life or your family. And, um, you kind of usually find ways to cope with it through, uh, through friends and family and people you can talk to. And that's one, that's one way I've figured 
or, you know, discovered kind of dealing with, uh, frustrations and kind of hangups in my life. Um, so I felt drawn to you, yeah. Angus. And, uh, so I, I, so I initially introduced myself to you and definitely didn't know what to expect, uh, from a response. Uh, <laughs> right. And I actually responded. <laughs> I kind of expected, I expect, I thought you would too, but you know, you never know. It's like how busy is a guy and what stands out and what, uh, what do you choose? What do you choose to, to respond to? I mean, sure. I'm sure everyone, but try to, um, try to, try to, try yeah. to yeah. customer service not right? with the auto auto reply. Yeah. Yeah. In some form or fashion, I try and try and connect with everybody. Um, but you know, here's the thing, you know, in that same respect, like you're still a business owner. And so if you have customers or, uh, fans of your work and your artistry reach out to you, you know, the number one thing you can do is make sure you connect with them. And the yep. more you serve people and the more you create a personal approach and a human quality, uh, the more trust you build and people buy trust. You know, one of the things that yeah. um, I've often heard is that, you know, people don't buy products, they buy people. And yeah. that's a really critical component, you know, is the fact that when you understand that people are buying you because of what you've created or because of the story that you've told, um, you have a responsibility if you want to be successful, you know, to, um, maintain a consistency of that brand, uh, because, because brands are not what you say about you. Brands are what other people say about you. And for your company with with primitive precision, you know, you're trying to create, you know, these pieces of work, the pieces of art, um, and you've got kind of like your niche of, you know, a handful of products that you're going to create over and over and over again, because that's what yep. sells, right? That keeps food on the plate. At the same time, you're sharing, you're an artist, so you're constantly inspired. So you're seeing things, and you're like, oh, what would that be like? Oh, what if I created this? And then the underlying question of Absolutely. that is, will people buy it? Is that kind of part, yeah. part of the yeah, frustration? Yeah, will people buy it and not being afraid of that, whether or not they'll buy it? Because it's uh, often, yeah, I mean, I have a handful of sculptures sitting around, you know, and I made them because I felt compelled to make them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, at times I've actively tried to sell them, but they, for whatever reason, they're with me, you know in my life, wherever I go. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, but there's also some about, you know, we set up, uh, partner Liz and I set up and at farmer's markets and art fairs. And we, we have separate businesses, but we set up side by side. She makes jewelry. I make a little more chunky jewelry, which men and women both still find attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, and other kind of household accessories. Um, but we both find that, you know, before we, before we do a market, we, you know, always helps to make, to just put our current kind of creative force into something new, you know, right before a show. Mm-hmm. And inevitably those things are like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, whether the people had seen what we did before or not, like they can, 
there's something fresh about those new designs and we always find that really interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a great phenomenon we've discovered, you know? And so we always, you know, I have something coming up on Saturday, like I'm going to make 20 items before then that are fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that those, those things I feel are the, those, those items that, um, people are drawn to because they're on it. They're made with integrity, you know? So, and not like, Oh, I got to fill this order of 50 things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which can be a drag, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, or monotonous, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, they don't feed that uh, creative spark like they did when you first made them. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I do have a handful of things I've, on my website that I sell. And, you know, honestly, I have a, I have a meat cleaver, a few bottle openers and, uh, I hardly remember, you know, maybe I sold a bottle opener a month ago, but really those things are, I haven't been making them because they're not, they're not selling right now, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm not pushing them. Right. Uh, so that tells me it's time to make some new things, turn it over. I mean, everybody, that's what, everyone's doing that's making products. You have to freshen it up, change, make it more innovative or interesting. You know? So, you know, that you're bringing up kind of an interesting thing, you know, my background's in innovation and one of the biggest components, whether you're the small guy like yourself as an independent business owner or whether you're a large brand, um, you know, sometimes you can't read your own label. You're stuck in your own yeah. jar and you can't see, what are the things that people um, see about you or things that people believe about you or things that people expect of you? Furthermore, you know, you're so entrenched on your product, it's hard to find reasons to change it, modify it, improve it in an understanding of what other people are going to appreciate. And so some of it just becomes a huge um, experiment when people have the courage to actually step out from that uh, but then the secondary component is that's why there's consultants. That's why there's coaches. That's why, you know, there's outsiders, a third party that can help people kind of dive in and pull out, you know, some of those um, quotients or some of those uh, ideas or some of those products that maybe they haven't been able to, you know, feel the pulse of or put their finger on to use a whole bunch of metaphors um, yeah. and identify. Um so I th- I love the fact that you know you and I got in contact with with each other because you know my background I have a mom who uh was an artist and she used to go to all of those little fairs every weekend and she used to do yeah. silk screens and she did um um sweaters she, for a while she was making these these things she called the remnant and they were just taking the bits of of wool that people left behind and she stitched them or or knitted them I should say into these cool sweaters and so I have uh, creativity yeah. from my background yeah. and then I myself did graphic arts and stuff like that so I have great compassion and empathy <laughs> you know for creatives yeah. which is why I ended up on that podcast you know that that you heard yeah yeah so it's really cool to be able to sit down and just have a chat with you. So I want to ask you, you know, as we kind of dive a little deeper, like what are some of those yeah. underlying components right now that cause you to reach out to me? What is it that you're wrestling with specifically? Well, 
I feel like it's been many years that, you know, I've created my business. And before that, you know, I was working for someone else and I had, I say I created my, my, one of my masterpieces to date. It's a, a stainless steel sculpture, uh, while working at the stainless steel fab shop. And I probably took a year to work on it off and on. I just put it under a table and I'd pull it out and they'd let me work on it. You know, they, they were fine with that after hours or whatever. And that project, oh man, I felt really good to, you know, work on for that long. And, um, and so it seems like those, those types of projects have been far and few between since then. Uh, that was 2005 that I made that. Um, and so finding the time while, you know, managing everything about the business by myself with a with single employee and now a part-time employee, um, you know, initially I thought I'm going to have employees. I'm going to be able to just, you know, come in, give them their, their work orders for the day and, and hunker down on my creative projects. Mm-hmm. And that, that idea and prospect has seemed to continually just be kind of snuffed and, uh, was suffocated. And so I, if something fires up in me as, you know, as I get creative ideas and motivation and I attempt to start to manifest something or, you know, create something. And I'm just continually distracted by this, you know, running the, running the show. Um, and so I'm trying to find ways to you know, obviously do that more efficiently. So, and I'm learning more and more that requires more discipline than I have right right now, or that, you know, I've uh, been able to conjure up. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I've noticed is like, I have, we might have like 10 or 15 jobs currently, you know, custom jobs that people have, commissioned, whether it's a handrail or, um, we're making material carts for a big commercial company, um, creative, you know, a gate, artistic gate for somebody's house. And so we have all these projects. They all, some need to be designed. Some are ready, but they need to be translated into a bill of materials. And how's this little leaf going to look? And so each job has maybe a hundred components or more. And so times 15, you know, do the math and that's a lot of time that needs to be devoted to all those things. And so I'm just stretched out really thin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I took the, you know, a couple of suggestions you, you, uh, shared as far as time management or, uh, delegating, uh, you know, I started looking into accounting. Um, I use a, I use fresh books right now, which mm-hmm. has been great for me, but there is still, you gotta, you know, enter all the receipts and, uh, put your mileage in. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I went, I'm still working on a trial of that, of, uh, what was it? Uh, the guys who take all your info and turn it into a balance sheet for you, you know? Oh, the one I sent you. Um, yeah. Uh, is that bench.co? I think there's bench. Like yeah. Bench. Yeah. Um, 
until then I'm finally like, well, I'm a small business. Like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't cost that much, you know, but I do have, you know, all the different components add up because they have, it's kind of scale. Uh, but yeah, they're like, well, you have two bank accounts and three credit cards. Each one costs, you know, $75 or something. So it, it added up quick. And mm-hmm. so unfortunately right now I'm just not, I'm not able to make that happen. You know? Right. Um, but they made a good point coming back to me when I said like, you know, I have to wait while well, your time, your time to do all this isn't tax deductible, but we are, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, and I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't charge for my time. Real work <laughs> working on my own bookie <laughs> and all the other stuff that you um, could be working on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have some philosophies, uh, along those lines, by the way, I, I don't, I don't think you can save your way to prosperity. Um, and I know there's some people that might be offended by that. I don't care. Um, I just know that the things that I've invested in usually have some kind of payoff. You know, if you don't go to school because you don't want to spend the money, then you miss out on the education, the network, and the power of your mind to create. Because just because you're getting education doesn't mean you're only learning the books. You're learning all the things those books inspire. And so sometimes Mm. you have to invest in something outside of you, whether that be through some online, you know, portal or whether that be through a physical, you know, school. Um, That's why I believe in coaching. When you pour money into someone that can speak into your life like I'm doing to you, I'm giving you perspective you otherwise wouldn't have had, and I shorten the runway of your expertise growing. Um, People paying for... um, uh, you know, like we said, the delegation, having a virtual assistant or having, you know, some sort of, you know, offsite or out of uh, office type of help. Yes, you're paying money for that. And it may seem like you're paying much, but if you actually total up the time that you have to spend doing that yourself, consider oh, yeah. what you're worth. What else yeah. could you be doing that time that would make more money to replace that, double that or triple that amount, if not more? You know, so some of the components are our own fear, and that fear is limiting us from that new echelon. Every time you face something that scares the heck out of you, it's an invitation for you to have just slightly more courage than you have fear in that moment. And here's the interesting thing. The moment you conquer a fear is the moment you feel empowered. You feel... Um, invigorated because that one thing will never hinder you again. You know, you, yeah. you, you're in, in Minneapolis, so I grew up in Wisconsin. So you know yeah. we, we have two weeks of summer. It's the best two weeks of the year. And yeah. uh, <laughs> you go down to the, I don't know if you guys had city pools when you were growing up or whatever, and they had that high dive, oh, yeah. you know, the, like the 10 foot oh, or 12 yeah. foot. Right? Like I can remember being a kid, like the first time going up there, just, you know, wanting to you know, piss my pants, like, ah, and then you get off to the end of the, the, the board and all your friends are looking up at you and they're like, dude, jump, jump. And you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't in your head. But you know, like you're up there. You, if you crawl down, like you're done, right? You, you can't go down. You're like, you're stuck. (laughs) And so you're up there, you know, for what seems like eternity, you know, waiting to jump and you're like, and then your brain says go and your legs say no. And you're like, again, and then finally you step off. 
as soon as you come up out of that water, it is a completely different feeling. And that's the same yeah. way I believe, especially about you know entrepreneurship and business, is like some of those things like, am I going to make this pitch to my boss? Am I going to step out and start some kind of, you know, mastermind with my coworkers? Am I going to, you know, these things that seem like really crazy, put yourself out there kind of events, you know, sometimes they may backfire. Maybe they may, might cause you to lose your job. That would be yeah. sucky. But guess what? There's other jobs. There's other opportunities. But if you step out and you win, you step out and you hit it out of the park, Amazing things can happen. So that's kind of where I want to start, you know, the conversation with you. Yeah. Is to consider, you know, getting caught in the minutiae, especially as a creative. You had these fantasies that you could start a business and then everyone else would do all the work and all you got to do was the imagination. So that was a fantasy because it doesn't always work that way. Um, there are very few people that get to that point. And anyone who's in entrepreneurship becomes a manager at some point in the game. So the question becomes how you manage and what you manage. And only you get to decide what that looks like. Yeah. And so by you having more employees... If you run a flat company, then you have to manage all those employees in some form. If you then raise up other managers underneath you and you train leadership, well, then they can you know, manage employees and then you can manage something else. So that's yeah. part of the delegation game is finding the, the you know, things that you really want to take ownership over and the things that are the most pertinent or most uh, impacting uh, to your business, and then that becomes your role, and the other roles become somebody else's responsibility. So that kind of yeah. paints one picture. So then there's these other components. So one is it's a girlfriend's brother, so there's other nuances to that kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, and then you have a marketplace that is more than just um, a brick and mortar that people wander in off the street and say, aha, I found what I've always been looking for. Yeah. So then my question is, um, you know, what are some of the strategies that you've done to A, find new customers, B, perpetuate current customers, and then C, nurture old customers? Well, we've I've kind of tied in jewelry to the larger metalwork for quite some time, <clears throat> as well as, like I said, household accessories or um, personal items. Bottle openers are huge. Um, one of my favorite things to make. By the um, way, somebody just was over at my house last night, and his um, his flip flop, his his sandals had a bottle opener on the on the sole of it. It was hilarious. Yeah, I've seen that. I think Reef makes them or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On one hand, it's super cool. On the other hand, it was, I thought it was kind of gross. Like, whatever's on the bottom of your shoe yeah, could open potentially... my bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's getting on the yeah, top of my sure. bottle. Yeah, it's hilarious. Nice little turd and fit in there real good, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so really, 
it's just this year we like for the first time considered maybe like a marketing budget, but really we've been just by design setting up at these fairs and markets, we've drummed up a lot of business and return customers. Um, so somebody will buy a $25 bottle opener and they'll take a business card and we'll obviously we'll have a book of examples of things we've made, vent hoods and countertops and um, wild sculpture or whatever. Um, and so people will take note of that and maybe ask a question, like, you know, we're going to be uh, building a kitchen in a year, you know, do you do this or that? And so inevitably I say, oh yeah, we do it all. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want a toilet? Thought of copper, we could build that. You know? Right. Um, and so that's been really, that's been really helpful. Um, but we've also just kind of like relied on that, uh, taking that for granted, maybe, you know, and like, and wondered at certain times, like, oh, why aren't we getting any new business right now? You know, um, not selling as many bottle openers or, you know, um, but that's still been enough to sustain the business. Mm-hmm. So every time we set up, there's maybe like maybe five people get it back to us that week. And like, I got this little thing I need fixed or, you know, turn into something. And, but over the years I've found it's like, it's not always what I want to be doing. What the, you know, I got this lamp I need repaired, you know, like, Oh, well we do welding, you know, we can fix that. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of, it's take us down a different path than we wanted to go. Um, but I have a hard time turning things down, you know, saying no, like, well, if I don't do it, they're just going to throw it away. You know, like I'm, I'm compelled to help keep the world free of, of junk, you know, and obviously metal can get scrapped and remelted, but something that's old and has a story and can live on, you know, that's, that's compelling. And that, that has, uh, inspired me to, you know, say yes, most of the time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, as far as jumping off, well, you said perpetuating new customers. Um, there's plenty of hits off of my website, right. which is still, I feel like the website could have a clear picture of like what we do or what we don't do. Um, and so, you know, people phrase their question, like, I'm not sure if this is something you may be interested in, but, uh, I need a grappling hook made cause I'm an urban adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'd say, well, gee, I haven't made that before, but if you're willing to cough up some R and D, uh, costs on that, we can probably work some out, you know, but then it's cost prohibitive, you know, people are, Oh, well that's all oh, $2,000. I just, yeah, no way, you know, right, right. <laughs> but I have to spend that time to make sure it's safe and uh, test it out. And does it look cool and feel right? And, uh, and, and so you, that's have, like, you have to go hiking uh, and exploring with it yourself. Yeah. Which <laughs> could be very inspirational. You know, I could, and I also fall off a cliff or, you know, <laughs> Um, but that's like a large crux of like what I'm doing is the, that R and D part is really hard to pass on to the customer that the cost of that. 
Um, and typically when you're developing products, like that's all your expense. And, um, but for one-offs, it's really, really hard to absorb that. I end up paying, you know, there are many projects that I've paid out of pocket to like see to fruition, but it was like my dedication and perseverance. Like, I want to see this done. Like, this is a cool project. Um, but at a certain point I say, no, I can't afford to do it. Like, I just can't. My business is going to fail if I keep doing such things. Mm -hmm. Um, and what do you do to nurture your current customers? Current customers? Um, I periodically check in with them either personally an email. I'll go through a list and kind of based on what they've done in the past, you know, like knowing about, you know, the, what they've been interested in the past. Or like they bought a knife. Like, oh, I'm going to be offering a chef knife soon. Would you be interested? You know, or, um, I'm sending out periodic emails, usually, you know, saying where we'll be if you'd like to come visit or see what's new, find a new bracelet or get some earrings, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like I could, I'd love to do more for those people because they, if they loved what I did in the past, you know, they could probably find something else that mm -hmm. would improve their lives or, you know, improve the environment they're in. Um, what so I've, I have pledged to do a, a new mailing where I do a, a blog post about, you know, either a process of a project or a DIY, you know, refinishing your kitchen stool to make it look cool and retro, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I'm working on. But other than that, a lot of people do just kind of keep an eye out. In Minneapolis, it's small enough. People are like, oh, I saw you there last year. I'm going to come again to that event, you know? Right. Um, so that I can tell they're a lot of dedicated and excited customers of mine that I'm really happy to see time and time again. You know? Yeah. Really appreciate their support, you know? Because they're, right. like, curious to see what's new, you know? And I've also been inspired by a lot of people's ideas and uh, custom desire, you know, like custom projects. Right. I was like, well, have you ever made this in titanium? I'm like, oh, no. But then that's led to a whole new realm of work. Um, there's a really good example would be uh, Andrew Zimmern. Of bizarre foods eats just about He's anything. Familiar. Yep. He's a good, yep. good Minneapolis boy. And uh, I like his oh, bald yeah. head. All the cool kids yeah. have bald head. Yeah. I've had the occasion to pat his bald head a few times. Uh, yeah. So his, we met his wife quite a few years ago at a show and she commissioned a, a belt buckle for him. They had a big, his favorite bug was the Minnesota water bug. Mm -hmm. And so he had that on there and copper and, a Minnesota stamp and so that she gave it to him. And then that sparked all kind of interest in him. And he's like, Oh, can you make some knives? And made some railroad spike, railroad spike knives for him. And then he asked if we could make some cleavers. And so I made him a meat cleaver out of an old truck leaf spring. So cool. And since that, in the last three years, I've probably made, 
I don't know, 50 or 60 knives. Uh, he's probably ordered at least half of those, I don't know, maybe, maybe 40 knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that turned into a product that I sell on the website. Um, and that could certainly be the, we could go a myriad of places with that, mm-hmm. you know, making, collaborating on a line or, um, so that's, those are all in the back of my mind. Like, uh, you know, those are, that's something I'd love to pursue. Right. But again, one of those things, it's kind of like, feels like a back burner. Like someday we'll get to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, definitely a segue to what, what we're always responding to, but, mm-hmm. um, but related to that, like return customers and, um, you have suggestions of we'll nurturing. Get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, okay. so um, my last part of that is: what about the old customers, people that bought something, but now you haven't heard anything from them? They're not coming to your events, or they're not sending you emails. How are you reaching them? Yeah. Well, beyond you know sifting through an, a list and you know singling people out. Um, which I've done, which recently I did, but there isn't like a, I honestly don't have a program for that or a regimen. Um, I'll just, you know, I checked in with maybe 30 people recently, you know, and they were happy to hear from me, but didn't have any current ideas, but you know, I would love to send a little trinket, <laughs> send a little doodad to them, you know? Right. Right. Um, Cause gee, I would, I know I'd love to get something <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just pique my interest or, yeah. um, so that's about where I'm at. Cool. All right. So you have a list, um, of people that have purchased. What do you, do you have a tool for that list or is it just like in a Excel spreadsheet or something? No, it's pretty much, uh, well, individuals on the mail on my Mailchimp mail email list, and then in my FreshBooks accounting people, I've invoiced. So those would be for larger projects, custom projects. Um, definitely, people I would I would see you know as more likely to be ordering a larger or you know more elaborate piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they have one component, I need something else to go with that. You know, if it's a a handrail and then, oh, they're building another stair, they need another handrail, but maybe they forgot about me, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I doubt it, but <laughs> yeah. they could still know that I have been business and that I care. And uh, So, yeah, that it is, it's not, there isn't a tool to that, which would surely help a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I I want to kind of break down kind of what we talked about just you know briefly just here today and kind of give you just some quick thoughts just to kind of wrap your brain around, um, not necessarily answers as much as you know just kind of parroting what I've heard and then kind of painting some other pictures around it. Is that cool? That sounds awesome. Yeah. So the first thing I would identify is like. You know, anytime we say yes to something, 
we're saying no to something else. So when we have somebody offer us a grappling hook, something we've never made before, could be kind of cool. But we understand that they aren't willing to pay the $2,000 for, you know, R&D type of thing. Um, That's not a loss. That's that's actually a gain, right? So you can't look at it as as a missed opportunity because that's a bad opportunity, just flat out bad opportunity, (laughs) right? It's going to suck your life and you're going to spend hours committed to something that you're going to sell one of. The critical component to retail of any sort is repeatable, efficient delivery of a product that is, you know, easily manufactured and um and wanted needed or desired yeah which is why you know like um a a bottle opener you know most people need bottle openers especially if they live in minnesota or wisconsin because they drink a lot of beer (laughs) you know (laughs) you're just gonna need one and how cool (laughs) is it that you have one you know with you know some kind of unique story to it or design and when you hand it over to somebody people go wow this is cool you know, something like that. So, so those are kind of cool little products. You're always going to have an arsenal of those kinds of products. And you want that kind of product. The problem is you've been around that product for so long, it's boring to you. But it's your yeah. bread and butter. And you need to, like, dig deep and find ways to get excited. Maybe not necessarily about the product, but connect yourself to the enthusiasm of customers. Yeah. Attach yourself to filling a need of some kind of handcrafted artisan product that people value and cherish and are going to have a story. It's going to be some kind of an heirloom. It's something they may pass on to their kids. You know, my dad gave me a stapler that he stole off of a Navy ship back in, you know, the day when he was in the Navy. And he's had it with him ever since, and he's always worked from home. For, well, mostly worked from home as I was growing up, and I always remembered that stapler. Throughout school, I'd run to his desk, and I would staple my schoolwork. Yeah. He gave me that thing, and it's going nowhere. That thing is a beast. It's made of steel. It weighs a ton, and I love it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those are the kind of stories where some kid is fetching the bottle opener for his dad. And one day his dad's going to say, hey, I want you to have this. Those are the stories you need to tell. This knife, this cleaver, these are the things we remember about family. We remember about, you know, X, Y, and Z. How can you tell those stories in a way that become compelling, that people want something they can pass on. And maybe, you know, for some people, they might think a bottle opener is just really innocuous. You know, this is not a big thing. I don't even know if innocuous is the right word there. I just, you know, threw it in there. It sounded fancy. Um, (laughs) You know, um, it just seems like something that's not that, you know, important to some people, but to others it is. And everyone's going to have something that, you know, is meaningful. For you, it's, it's about finding that handful of products that people really connect to. That's number one. And number two is this. Focus on the things you want to do. So our mindset is a critical component to this. We have two kinds of mindsets. We're either in a place of abundance or a place of lack. From lack, we have desperation. We have greed. 
we have a sense of control. We need to control things. From lack, yeah. we limit ourselves from creative capacities because all we can see is the immediate needs. And that's a really dangerous place because you become yeah. ineffective in multiple, multiple areas and most importantly, relationally. So that's the time when our, our you know, marriages falter, our parenting falters, our you know, friends falter because we're in a place where all we can see is ourselves and our desperation. That's lack. The other side of that is abundance. And from abundance, you connect to being present, not to the need, but present to the gratitude. You're working a job that you get the opportunity to create. It was your dream, and you are one of few people who are actually doing your dream. And maybe you're not making all the resources of income that you'd like to, but at least you're doing something. And every one of us forget the fact that where we're at that there are thousands of people who would love to be where we are. Yeah. So from gratitude comes contentment, fulfillment, happiness, and people love to be around happy people, Hans. Like it's yeah, the coolest true. thing to be around people <laughs> who are smiley and joyful and awesome. Like, yes. Yeah. What's up with that guy? He's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like <clears throat> me, I get accusations wow. all the time. Like you're just always so positive. I'm like, yeah. So, it doesn't mean I have don't struggle. It's just I refuse to settle on frustration. Frustration never solved Jack <laughs> ever. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to get out of that component. Yeah, it just buries you deeper. Yeah, right. Sure. And you just yeah. just hand me another shovel. I gotta dig deeper. Instead, yeah. getting to that place where you get excited about the fact of look what I get to do, right? Yeah. That will compel you to say yes to the right things for two reasons. One, you're actually following the things that you want, need, and desire for your own fulfillment. And number two, you will actually attract opportunities for things that you like, need, and desire. Yeah. It is a, I, I, I can't, it's a mystery how it all works. I just know that it does. Yeah. Um, and so the law of attraction, right? Right. And you can call it that. You can call it karma. You can call it bocce. You can call it, you know, everybody's got a term for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Reap what you sow. I believe it all. Whatever. Put a label. I believe yeah. it. I know yeah. that's true. And so that's another component is you have to bury yourself in that sense of gratitude, right? So here's some of these things kind of, you know, boiled down. You got to tell your story. You got to connect to gratitude. Now here's the next component. Oh, oh, and you also have to say uh, yes to the right things because when you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. Okay, so so that's another component. So here's the fourth one. Yeah. You have a list. You need to compile that list and and you know you said you have some on FreshBooks and some on Mailchimp. Get them all on Mailchimp, and then what you can do is you can create a campaign that whenever somebody comes on new. You're going to have one list of all the new people coming in and introducing them to your brand. And you're going to send them a note every so often. And you can decide and you can do some A-B testing on you know, what you know, work, works best for you or you know, do some research in that space or I can help you with that later. And deliver your story incrementally. 
that compel people to fall in love with Hans and his work. Yeah. You're not in the process of getting them to buy anything just quite yet. Yeah. You're stirring in them a desire to have that heirloom, a desire to have that artisan craft, that desire to have that sculpture, something that is a connection to their personality or their expression or their sense of value or self. Because at the end of the day, something is only as valuable as I'm willing to pay for it. So for one person, that one thing might be worth nothing. And to somebody else, it might be worth a million dollars. One man's trash is another man's treasure, whatever, you know. Absolutely. And what you're doing is you're weeding out those who aren't necessarily so dedicated and committed um, to some kind of craft or artisan you know, peace, and then narrowing in on the people who really fall in love with the person and personality of your brand. And that can be, a, you know, over the course of 21 days, it can be the course over two months, you know, you can decide what that is and how many emails it will have. But each piece is going to tell a story and connect people to a product or process of how it was created. Stories are the most compelling emotional quotient to any product, particularly your kind of product, right? Yeah. So here's There's quite the process involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you learn how to tell those stories well, and you can hire someone on Upwork. You can again; these are things you can delegate. You can get copywriters. You can get people who can can craft these for you. You just frame it out, outline it, and let somebody else write it for you if you need to. So that's another component. So again, all of a sudden. Here's something that you can say yes to because you said no to something else. Now you create time for an investment in something like this. That will push you forward because now this will bring you future revenue. Second component to this is you also have to create a nurturing email list. So you have one list that's for newbies. You have another list that's nurturing, either people who are current or people that are old. And in this list, you're going to send them a periodic thing. It can be once a month. It can be once a week, depending on how much you want to commit to it. My recommendation would probably be, you know, a little more frequent than not. Because if it's just, you know, once a month-ish, they're not going to pay too much attention to you. But you're going to stay on their yeah. radar if they decide to open it. And that's a whole other strategy yeah. we can talk about in yeah. writing really crafty headlines and um, how to... Um, you know, uh, so, 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 you know, most people are looking at their email and mobile. So one is the headline, you might make it short and compelling. And then the next line below that is the first sentence of your email. You want to also make that the hook. So those are whole, whole bunch of strategies we can talk about another time or you can do research. Um, yeah. Well, quick on that. My last, my last email I gave, I tried something different and my, my headline was, uh, What's your dream project? <laughs> right there, you go. And I got a re- it really it really uh, stirred the pot in a new way. It was it was really fun. People had some really lofty dream projects, and yeah. some were like, "I need a toilet paper holder," you know. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that, that that was a fun. Yeah, that was fun. That's awesome. Okay, so you're touching on something you may not even realize you're touching on, and that's exactly. my next yeah. point. 
is you are actually creating a community. That's your goal. Yeah. And if you create something secondary to your product, you will create loyalty to your product. So you positioning yourself as a dream builder, position yourself as some kind of inspirational guru of sorts, you know, and you're bringing together other people who love and appreciate creativity and, and crafts like it, that sets you apart from every other maker. So finding your niche on your product is one thing, but on your community is something else. Yeah. And so now you are building something that people become loyal to and advocates of. Now your community becomes your marketing engine. And you, yeah. don't, you don't have to do anything to stir it other than to keep cultivating and nurturing and encouraging and being the person that's always um, inspiring them. Yeah. Okay. And then the last piece. Yeah, got it. Uh, and and uh, let, me, let me just put a little caveat to that. The reason why is because relationship is the most critical component to all of this. As I stated before, people don't buy products, they buy people. And so as these people are brought into you and your vision and your process, like they're buying into Hans. They're buying into your heart. They're buying into your imagination. So invite them in. I'd love to. (laughs) And that's where you're going to find motivation. That's where you're going to find compelling desire for new and better products. They're going to give you these ideas. They're going to inspire these ideas. And they're going to bring out of you elements of compassion and empathy, um, elements of love and gratitude in ways you've never imagined. And those will fuel your momentum for the creative process. Here's the last component. And, And by the way, the reason why most artisans fail is because they become isolated and become narcissistic. And so what I'm challenging you yeah. to do is to completely lay yourself vulnerable and, and, and bold and transparent. Um, and it might be really challenging to you, but it's the very thing that's going to change the way you think um, and create. And the last component is you've got an arsenal of some crafts or sculptures or something that are laying around your shop or your house. They're doing you nothing right now. Go find some place where lots of people go, or lots of people are part of, or more specifically, a lot of people are committed to. It could be, you know, city hall. It could be um, a gallery. It could be a school, a university specifically. Um, yeah. And ask if you can either put your piece on display or donate it outright. The only way people are going to see the work that you do is when the work that you do is out to see. Hmm. I'm glad I just said that being recorded because that was a (laughs) really great line. (laughs) That's tweetable right there. Yeah, man. (laughs) As long as it's sitting in your garage, it's useless. It's a piece of 
junk. As much as you love it and, and really cherish it and put all your effort, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears into it, it means nothing if it's not turning into something else. So take the pieces that you have and turn them into something that will capitalize. Yeah. And yeah, well, that, that reminds me, you know, when I started out making sculpture, you know, my dad used to make mobiles, hanging, spinning mobiles, and I was inspired by that. And I, he taught me how to make them. And I, all I did was give them away. It <laughs> mm-hmm. felt really good, you know. I mean, and people, and then I'd go to their house 10 years later and just spinning in the wind, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I can't give everything away, but I, I know I love to give things away. I do. I love, I love to. Yeah. So that's some major nuggets that we just uncovered in just a very short period of time. Um, the other component to all of this is, you know, where you send people to your, your page, you need more pictures than text. Yeah. There's a reason why people say that, you know, pictures are worth a thousand words or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know your artwork needs to be up front and center, and make it, you know, really quality, uh, um, you know, photography. And quite honestly, yeah. you can do that with if you have an iPhone. Grab an yeah. iPhone and then learn um, uh, to use. Uh, I use Snapseed as one of my favorites. Uh, it's a post editor. And you can go in and clean up pictures and you can do vignettes and you can do color saturation and cropping and focus. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can do everything on this thing, Snapseed. And it's, it, you create a storyline just in the quality and caliber of the images that you portray. And if you want to show that you're a person of excellence, that you're, you know, your products are quality, it can't just be Instagram shots. It's got to be something that's yeah. really intentional that displays and represents your brand well. And those things should be scattered throughout your entire website. Um, you have a black base on your um, on, on your website, which is a very masculine base. Um, yeah. I might experiment, and uh, again, if if you have the time or resources to do some A/B testing, or just you know, poll your audience or something, um, look at a different yeah. color base, something that's inviting, something that's more vibrant or neutral, because black is pretty yeah. stark and very masculine, and yeah. you may want some more feminine uh, purchase power to to some of the things that you're doing, particularly in jewelry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of, it is a blacksmithing dark coal smudge of a background. <laughs> yeah, right? Which if you were if you were appealing to blacksmiths would be totally cool. Right? But, yeah, which yeah. Yep. But but you're actually you're actually trying to position yourself Not. for the consumer. So what is the consumer going to yeah. find appealing? Um Yeah. So those are like, you know, again, just kind of the brief, you know, um, kind of introductions into what I think could really empower you and take you to a whole nother level. That's incredible, Angus. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I'm just running around in circles. I'm chasing my tail. <laughs> right? Yeah, most of us are. Most of us are. <laughs> yeah, who's, you must have some coaches. <laughs> I do. And I, and, I, yeah. and I pay dearly for them. Um, awesome. You know, I'm right now, I'm in one, two, three, four, five, six programs right now. And I'm about to go have lunch with a coach here in about an hour and a half, two hours. Um, like this stuff, if you want to go to the next level, you need someone who can take you there. Um, and here's the, here's an interesting thing that I've learned is like coaches don't have to know everything. They just need to know how to get you to the next level up. Yeah. And they're worth every penny. Um, I'm also a big proponent in reading books and relationships in general. So last night, um, I invited a bunch of podcasters here in Nashville because uh, we're trying to create our own little meetup and group. And and I'm like, all of us podcasters are just winging it. You know, we're all just trying to build our own, you know, podcast. What if we did it together? What if we learned to collaborate? You've done something you're really good at. I've done something and maybe I'm okay at it. Like, let's exchange some notes. Yeah. Maybe you need to find some other craftsmen in the Minneapolis area where you can do the same. Yeah. When you feel alone, you will continue on that cycle of chasing your tail. When you get in collaboration, yeah. you find inspiration, you find encouragement and cheerleading, you find that you're not alone. So that's another critical component is the relationships. And then the last piece is I'm a big believer in, in books and um, videos and there's so much available that can be encouraging and teach you how to do stuff you don't know. YouTube's amazing. Like in this, oh, yeah. you know, the last decade <laughs> that it's been around or whatever, like I, I, I changed out an electric window opener because somebody taught me how to do it in my car. It was my mo- my model, my, my brand. And yeah. I took the door apart and I'm like, Oh, what in the hell am I doing? Oh my gosh. I just took my door apart. And this guy showed me how to do it. And then he said, okay, yeah. this is the retractable arm. You connect this thing to this thing. And da, da, da. And I got all done, put it all back together again. I had two screws left over. I still don't know where they go. And I'm like, <laughs> I just fixed but it worked, right? my, my electric window opener. It's crazy. Like, these are the things that are available to us. And it's just from the power of the phone that's in your pocket. So you have the ability to access that. So, yeah. How for is, better or worse. Right? Yeah. <laughs> for better or worse, right? <laughs> and you could be a part of that. You could, you know, like you said, share your process, shoot the video off your phone, and post that up. Use any media you can to tell your story, and use your creativity to tell the story itself. Find inspiration just in telling your story. Do live video, possibly. Do... YouTube yeah. videos, possibly. Show people how to do a weld. Show people how to put that stuff together. Like, build your brand on being, you know, the go-to person to help. I mean, these are all components that if you t- learn how to tell your story in a way that invites people into their own story, everyone wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, don't, I write once in a while, but I've always loved writing mm-hmm. and I've written a lot of stories and prose in my past, and but I I thank you for that, especially for that the story component, and uh, I feel 
I feel compelled to go tell that more for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool, Hans. This has been fun. It really has. I mean, I could, you know, I could definitely sit down and have, uh, have tea with you again sometime. (laughs) For sure. Um, But I'm going to work on, yeah, I'm going to work on this, uh, bullet list here. Awesome. Well, I am actually launching my coaching program to the public. I've done coaching, you know, for a while just through the different means that I've done. And so I actually just launched uh, a coaching program where I'm doing three components. One is, you know, for a call like this, um, people pay one price for just, you know, an hour of my time. And then I have a second one where I'm creating like a membership where people have access to products and um, ideas as well as every month we'll do like a webinar and open Q&A. So I have a product for yeah. that uh, called Empowering Groups. And then I have a, a third component, which is kind of like my elite program for people who really want to bring transformation to their lives. It's a, um, a monthly program that people have to commit to up to six months to be a part of. And then that obviously yeah. has a, access to me and uh, a very direct and intimate interaction. And they commit to six months because I want to make sure we provide enough time that they're actually serious about what they want to do. And then number two yeah. is that we're actually going to see results. Um, so, yeah. yeah, if there's any way that I can serve you, you can find that on my website at angusnelson.com forward slash coaching. And, uh, yeah, this Great. has been a real pleasure, Hans, and thank you for reaching out. And Absolutely. I love doing this stuff, and I love people from the Midwest because we're good peeps. Yeah, man. Well, I'd love to catch you on the chain of lakes or something. <laughs> well, I live in <laughs> Nashville we'll now, up. so I don't get up there as much. Yeah. You don't get up there? Okay. No. Uh, well, my, my brother lives in Tomahawk, which is okay. like Tomahawk and Manaqua are just absolutely beautiful places during the summer. Well, even in the winter, it's beautiful too, but it, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we spent a lot of time there. My lovely girl, girlfriend Lizzie is from there and uh, from Wapaka. And yeah. So we were there every other month or something. So Nice. I, I played a lot uh-huh. of hockey there growing up. They had an outdoor rink, and so it was often cold, but we played a lot of hockey in Wapaka. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Hans, well, it's great, Angus. Have a great day, and if there's anything else I can do for you, please feel free to reach out. It's wonderful. Really pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much, and look forward to keeping an eye on where you're going, and connecting with you in the future. Awesome. My pleasure. We'll see you, man. I really want to thank Hans for coming on the show and granting me permission to share this conversation with you. If you have interest in having some of your own custom metal work done, please go visit his webpage and support him at primitiveprecision.com. Obviously, he didn't ask me to do that. I just want to support him as a community that you might be able to explore that and, and even just send him a note and thank him for being so candid and open. So as we started the beginning of the show, um, you know, I was talking about how we all need someone else outside of ourselves to be able to help us see more effectively or to be more efficient. And I hope that you had that opportunity to see um, how that an interaction might look like, uh, as we did with Hans, um, how that could look for you if you found somebody that could speak into your life to help assist you move forward. 
And it doesn't matter if that's personally or professionally or even relationally, sometimes getting someone else to help can be extremely beneficial. And because of that, I'm launching a coaching community group to help you transcend your everyday thinking and expand your own sense of self. So currently, my website uh, has a coaching products uh, listed up at AngusNelson.com forward slash coaching. And that pricing is what's going to be the ultimate numbers I'll probably be asking for those products. However, during the launch of uh, all of this, I'm going to be holding a webinar uh, in about a week and a half. And I'm going to be inviting individuals like yourself to be one of my founding members. As we start that, I'm going to give some special pricing because obviously it's new. You're going to help me craft all of this. I'm going to make uh, some webinars available to you uh, once a month, open question and answers. I'm going to have products that are going to be available to you, some videos to encourage you as well as to teach you. And you're going to have an arsenal of resources to help take you to the next level. And because it's new, there's not going to be a whole lot of resources to start off with. So I'm not going to charge you that full price. If you want to be a part of that, you can simply go to my website to uh, get signed into my mailing list. And you can opt in there simply by going to AngusNelson.com forward slash in. That's just I-N. AngusNelson.com forward slash in. You can put in your name and your email address. That will get you subscribed and then be on the lookout for an email coming your way. That will give you some information on when that's going to come available. And as such, I will offer you a discount code to get in there for more than 50% off of the ongoing price. Like I stated, um, I will go into all of the details of that uh, community group. In addition, there'll also be some other products you can make available to you, whether it's just a one-off hour-long call. If you're in crisis or you need some assistance, um, I'm more than happy to help you with that. Or a secondary uh, element is if you want one-on-one. Uh, help. That's going to be a far more uh, intimate and uh, in-depth interaction with me. And with that comes obviously a higher price point, um, but it is going to accelerate, accelerate your growth in a far faster fashion. So if you're interested in any of that, or if you have questions about our show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Angus Nelson. You can find me there. I would love to interact with you. If you're looking for show notes, if you're looking for links, you can find those at angusnelson.com forward slash zero four eight for this show. And if you want to get into our Facebook group, just jump onto Facebook, type in up in your business private group and ask for entry. I'll make sure you get in there. So I'm your host, Angus Nelson. It has been such a pleasure to have you here today. This has been a long show. Thanks for listening to the up in your business podcast with Angus Nelson. Find more at upinyourbusiness.co. Remember, that's .co, not com. <laughs> <laughs>